Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and I'm Vic Vershiro. And every once in a while, we get a chance to talk to somebody that's right here close to town in the middle of everything here in Lansing. And we have somebody just like that that's got some great credentials and great experience. Her name is Lisa Fisher. She's, a, I'll start with coach, but she's a professional speaker, certified trainer, and a business consultant. Lisa, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Vic. How are you today? Well, I'm doing great, and I'm glad to have you here because I always love to hear people like you who have stories to tell and also have ways that you can help people, and I'm always mesmerized by some of that, and so it's going to be fun to kind of get that unpacked with you today and hear everything about you. But before we get too far down the road, why don't you tell me a little bit about really what it is that you do, kind of the elevator speech of kind of what your world is. Coaching and training others to achieve their definition of success, right? So I am all about providing customized services and products that help solopreneurs, business organizations really identify what they want to accomplish and tools and resources and accountability to get them there. Mm, Wow. You know, I have to tell you, I love the notion of the customized approach because, you know, you and I have probably been through a lot of uh, leadership seminars, leadership events, and boy, can you tell when it's a custom one-size-fits-all presentation, you kind of go, okay, here we go. Heard this before, right? So I love that you customize it. So I want to hear all about that. But before we get too far down that road, I want to go back to tell me about your path and where it all began. Are you a Michigander? I am a Michigander, born and raised here. I never left town. However, I coached and trained as a third-party vendor all across the United States and Canada. Mm. Prior to that, back in the day, I managed McDonald's for a long time, oh. and I became very passionate about people development, growing managers, teaching the employee skill set so that they can lead others. So it really started back then in terms of growing people mm. and it just became my passion. Stepped out of that for a bit and worked with numbers for a long time. But when I found the opportunity to bring what I was learning, coaching and training from this organization all the way back to Michigan and focus on our own area it was a game changer. It just for me. made sense. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, that McDonald's. How many years were you working with McDonald's? I was probably there for 15 years wow. because I grew through the ranks, you know, right out of high school, grew through the ranks, and just had an opportunity to work with a lot of people and young people. I love working with our young adults and really being able to be an influence. I love that. You know, and so when you work with employees, You know, especially young employees that are trying to get their first job or maybe it's a little experience and what a great place to learn it all and have that opportunity. I'm smiling right now because I had a really unique experience that I don't even think most first-time employees would say. I was loading some stuff at a home improvement store and as I was walking around, I was looking for something and I came across an employee and I said to him, hey, how you doing? He goes, well, a lot better if all you people weren't here. And I go, wow, really? Golly, I'm pretty sure we're the ones that keep the paycheck coming in. Don't need the paycheck. I got three of them. Oh, how about that? And I was so flabbergasted that I actually didn't engage him any further. It just made me mad because I'm thinking, please, please go home. 
The organization that you're representing does not need you in any way, shape, or form. I'd rather load my own bag of mulch than talk to somebody that didn't want to be there and didn't care about me as a person, right? So when you start with employees and you try to coach them and develop them, there's all kinds of opportunities for them to learn. And so when you started as a young person, you probably had some natural skills that came about and kind of helped you along your way. But having that experience, it sounds like McDonald's was one of your first jobs that you had. It was. And Ray Kroc has a valuable systems, models, training. What they say about him was absolutely true. And so being that I had a solid foundation there, it was easy to pick up on taking those natural skills and abilities and taking them the next step and the next step and really utilizing who I was working for, creating that success plan. Well, I just love it. And of course, somewhere along the way, it became obvious that you wanted to try to help others. But it sounds like because you went up the ranks at McDonald's, you were helping others. Was it kind of natural for you to train others and help people along the way as they started alongside you, maybe the new person that just came in? Absolutely. For me, leadership is action. It's not a title. It's not a role. It's the action that you're taking. And anytime that there's somebody new to the ranks, it's bring them into the fold, help them. Because it really, it helps me in a sense, because I get a sense of gratitude or fulfillment out of being able to help somebody and watch them grow, or even to recognize that, hey, this isn't for me early on and step out. Well, I just love that. When you say it's not a title, man, isn't that the truth? There's so many people that crave getting the title. And once they're in charge, they love to use probably the most broken sentence. You can say, I'm the boss, do it my way. That's just absolutely an epic failure in leadership whenever that happens. And I'm sure you've seen it. And you know, I'm just so glad to have Lisa Fisher with here right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. Sanair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. And, of course, with us we have today Lisa Fisher. I'm going to call her coach because I think we're going to have a lot of great moments here today talking about her professional speaking career, certified training experience, and her business consulting path that she's on. But, you know, taking us back again, we've got the McDonald's start for you. But uh, that was 15 years, and at some point in time, you obviously had grown, maybe went as far as you want. Maybe you weren't going to own the place. Was there something that was inside you that said, I need to take the next step? Pretty much. I can't see myself 50 years old running around with these young people. (laughs) I needed to find something. Well, remember, age is a matter of mindset, you know, so you never know. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. And there are times I miss doing that running around. But, you know, after I left, I started looking at what's next for me. What would be a great transition? And I found myself working as a bookkeeper at a real estate company. And one of the associates had reached out to me and said, hey, I've got a business opportunity that I'd like you to be a part of. 
So we went out to Austin, Texas, and I was sitting through their franchise systems orientation for an organization called Keller Williams Realty. And my 15 years of experience with the McDonald's training and Ray Kroc, the systems, the models, just what they were saying, I felt like I was in the right place, that I was at home. Oh, wow. So my partners and I, we purchased the Keller Williams franchise for the Lansing area. And I operated as the CFO, if you will, for many years. Yet they opened up a training and coaching arm of their business. And I said, this is where I want to be. And so that's where I went and trained and became certified working through coaching and training other CFOs, office managers, salespeople all around the United States and Canada. But it was a great transition to really, I could do the numbers because I can, again, a natural fit, but I missed really working with the people. So that filled my soul being able to do what I was passionate about. And I learned so much great stuff, but it was just really going back to systems, models, consistency, training, everything from what I was learning, being able to take that to other organizations and individuals. Well, Lisa, I want to take a second here because when you say systems, it strikes back into my past and my history because I'm a big systems guy. And the reason why I say that is because so many times we have, especially in sales, we have things that work really well and they work so well we forget we're doing them. And next thing you know, we don't really think of them as specific systems and things we got to do every day. So we just kind of do them. It works real good. We get busy other things and we don't go back to it. So tell me, when you think about building organizations or franchises, that type of thing, spend a little time with me on systems here because I think that systems overall are the recipe for great consistent success. I agree. I was in class one time and there was a gentleman. He took systems and he did save yourself time, energy, and money. Wow. (laughs) I've never heard that. And I said, I am stealing that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But, and that's exactly what our systems do, right? It creates that consistency as we'll never succeed alone. We need our team members and our people. And when we have the systems and we're bringing in new people on board, walking them through our systems, training them up, getting them in position where they're executing and doing what's made us successful, it continues that path. And so it's leverage. Systems are our leverage, Mm, I love it. And I think that's the thing. And that's the interesting part about it. And of course, you know, you come out of a couple of famous franchises there, whether it's real estate or whether it's the McDonald's food franchise. But the idea is that there are systems. And one, I think a tragic event is when somebody comes in and thinks that they know it all, or maybe they have a better idea. And next thing you know, they start working on their own methods and they forego some of the tried and proven systems. I've always been a believer in taking the most direct path to success. So if I could find somebody that could point me the way to the shortcut or the most direct point, rather than me making my own mistakes, that made a lot of sense to me. Is that kind of where you're coming down on all this? You know, I think that's absolutely right. Because if you've got an idea, I hire you, you have a great idea. Our system is are these steps. 
come in, talk to me, right? Let's identify what works, what doesn't, because I might not know everything and there might be an easier way to do it. So that extra set of eyes is great. And again, it's something that we can implement and grow our team to follow that same system. Mm -hmm. But if we're all going at things in a different direction, different ways, and I'm handling it one way, you're handling it another way, we may meet our goals, but it's going to take a long time to get there. We're like a little (laughs) bowl of spaghetti, you know? So it's keeping us all moving towards the same direction, implementing new changes to the system. And sometimes there's things that don't work, right? You want to try something else new in a system. Somebody has an idea. You want to try to implement it, and it crashes. And so let's go back to what we know works. Yeah, that's just powerful stuff. I think it's really good stuff, too. And when you start thinking about where you're going and how you're going to get there, it's all about the people you're going with and the plan and execution of the plan and all those great things. And, man, we're going to learn a lot today. We're so glad you're with us, Lisa Fisher, here today on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown with Lisa Fisher. I'm just going to call her coach, but she's so many other things. And, of course, right now she's coaching me through on some of the great things that are happening with her experiences in a couple of great famous franchises, but also some great experiences she's had along the way. And, Lisa, when you think about some of the people you've come in contact with over the years, maybe they're CEOs or leaders or people that are doing the best they can in leaders, what's some of the greatest challenges that you find that they run into? A lot of consistency and time management, right? Looking for that work-life balance and how do I get everything done? It's just, it can be overwhelming. Mm. So when do we identify when we need to outsource something to an expert and how do we take back control of our calendars? Oftentimes when people are new in a business or new in an industry, they don't want to say no to a potential client. So they are saying yes to all of this business or saying yes to things, sometimes for the fear of missing out. But as we're growing a new business or a new role, we want to make sure that we're covered. And our inability to say no becomes impossible to accomplish everything. So we need to really learn about how do we become realistic with our time and with the time that it takes to accomplish something. I really like what happened there because where my brain was going was protecting the brand. Because when I think about people that overcommit, whether it's your personal brand or your company's reputation, when you say you're going to be there and you don't get there for a couple of days, or you say you're going to get something done and you don't have the bandwidth to be able to succeed there, so many times that becomes then, well, I can't count on that person. And if you're a young person kind of up and coming into the professional ranks, looking for your opportunity in the world, you want to be able to deliver on what you commit to. And it's probably tough for you to say no. And if you're a CEO trying to 
build an organization or a small business trying to take on as much growth as you can possibly handle without getting yourself into trouble. That's a pretty interesting balance you've got to strike there. Absolutely. And again, it comes back to one of the books that I read that really changed my life was written by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And in there, we talk about multitasking. When I used to hire people, I looked for multitasking on their resume. I was a great multitasker. But when we start dabbling and doing too many things at one time, we lose track of how much time does it really take me to accomplish this? Mm. How much time in... So for me, what I studied beyond the time component of multitasking gets me nowhere, really. What habits am I creating, which are really great things to start looking at routines and habits. But then it becomes about efficiencies and how can I do this more efficiently so that I'm staying on top and my yes means yes and that I am protecting my brand. Because when we're starting to lose that, like you said, I love where you were going with that protecting the brand because it's all about the integrity if I overcommit myself and fail to deliver, for me, that impacts my integrity in that. Yeah, and if we could just st- standing on that whole notion of the brand, you know, knowing what your brand is and what you're trying to deliver and, and clarity on that is so important as a leader. One time I was sitting with the head of, well, in this case, it was the head of Burger King's distribution, and he was in charge of all of the company stores and franchise operations. And I said, man, it must be tough if you ever have to shut down a franchise operator. And I got to tell you, this guy is really a big guy. And he slammed his fist on the counter and he goes, never. And he kind of screamed it and made me jump, Lisa. And when he did that, he goes, he literally yelled it at me. He says, it's about the brand. It's always about the brand. And I thought, wow, that really drilled it into me because if you know who you are personally, if you know who you want your organization to be credibly, then those things are very much clear in your mind. And everything you do, whether it's managing your time, making commitments, mastering certain things that you want to be really great at rather than dabbling in everything, those things are critical moments in your step forward and make all the difference in defining who you're going to be. And that's kind of part of what you're helping people coach and understand when you talk to them about time management, right? Absolutely. It's where are you spending your time, highest and best value for your time, but also Where are you focusing on yourself, right? Because we can't give what we don't have. So when we stretch ourselves too thin in the business world and we're not taking care of ourselves from a self-care standpoint, then we start getting sick, experiencing that burnout. Mm -hmm. So how do we slide these things that are important and making sure that we're prioritizing ourselves as well? Well, we've got to go to break here in just a little bit, but I also, I wrote down because you said it quickly and I think there's a lot there you talked about work-life balance. So can you speak to that in a few seconds we have remaining? Absolutely. You know, John Maxwell, famous author, guru on leadership. I remember being in an event and he said, work-life balance is not achievable. So why strive for something? (laughs) So it becomes about counterbalance, right? And being present. So if you're at work, it's being present at work. When you're at home, you're present at home Mm. with your family, your loved ones. And so really recognizing, giving it 100% when you're in each role 
and it's that counterbalance and being present. Wow, being present. That's powerful. That's just so spot on. And Lisa, I am just kind of giddy that you're here talking to us about all these things. So glad you joined us. So glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown with Lisa Fisher. I'm Vic Vershaw. We'll be right back. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm here with Lisa Fisher. She's a coach, professional speaker, and a trainer, an all-around great leader. And it's so good to hear some of her insights and thoughts on where she's uh, kind of developing and walking towards the direction of uh, helping us become better leaders. And of course, you know, as I'm thinking about this, Lisa, there's got to be some opportunities that you've developed along the way, some of your own customized materials about coaching and mentorship and leadership. Tell me about some of the work you've recently done. During COVID, I decided to create a leadership certification program. And again, it's customizable, but there are some foundational pieces that I find the majority of business owners, no matter what industry, deal with. And everything rises and falls on communication in my book. So we usually have a strong communication component in there. And yet, I also encourage the businesses to include a coaching and mentoring to make it a self-sufficient, right? Because if we have leaders that are working for us and we want to have them coach and mentor our staff and associates to build them up. So we create this leadership certification program, looking at some foundational pieces, looking at some of the needs that you're looking to address and create the package but the piece, the value that I bring to the table in that is if you're sending 20 participants through the program, not only are we doing the certification program, but we're also incorporating some one-on-one coaching and mentoring to ensure that you're achieving what you set out to do. So Vic, if you were hiring me to work with your team, we're going to go through class and, you know, sometimes with that's drinking from a fire hose, we create our goals and then we would have a 15 minute stand up, follow up, you know, meeting, depending on the length of the time that you would want to ensure that you're implementing and that you're successful from what you learned. Well, and what you just shared with me right there, I think is important is because you talk about takeaways and outcomes You know, it's one thing to sit through leadership development or various certifications and such to check the box. But I think what I just heard is ways that you can walk away and say, yeah, I got this. This is a fundamental takeaway that I can use and apply right away, if I understand that correct. Absolutely. It's all about putting it into action because I have the smartest bookshelf in the world. I've attended so many conferences, training seminars, and I take great notes. I come home, I put it on the shelf, and there it sits. 
<laughs> and sometimes I forget to implement some of that wonderful knowledge that I'm gleaning from. And this is a way for the implementation to really take root and practice what they're taking away from the courses. Well, I think about that and maybe just a side plan is that what I used to do coming back from conferences and seminars, I'd always have pages of notes. And then what I would do, especially if I had staff that was with me, I would ask them, we would set up a meeting because it just seems so often we go somewhere and get inspired or we go somewhere and learn something. And then when we get back, we're punished for being away because we have all those notes, messages, emails and everything we got to get caught up on. So now we jump right back into the fire and we try to work to dig ourselves back out. And by that time, we're back in the swing of things. And what change really happened? So I go back to thinking about your comment about systems. Some of that is when we go to these types of events, before we go, do we schedule the follow-up? Do we put on our calendars the discussion where we're going to have everybody was at that event to come and talk with us? Or what we used to try to do is find the three things that were our favorite takeaway from that week-long seminar we went to. And then each of those things would be an opportunity for implement. So in your comments, it's all about change. And isn't change some of the hardest stuff we ever have to do? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's constant. It's the only thing we can count on is change. And yet sometimes when you have something new coming in, it can be fearful. It can be an inconvenience. It's going to take me more time to learn this. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like to settle into comfort, you know, and so Uh that just means we can just touch it without much of effort or the pain in our brain to have to stretch ourselves. So I just love the fact that trying to look for those ways to implement the change and the new development and create the new me. That's where it's all about. And so part of that, you and I haven't talked a lot about goals, but here we are coming up on, you know, midway point in the year, long time since our New Year's resolutions. Tell me about goals and your thoughts on the value there. Goal setting is key. Every year I do goal setting workshops, inviting people in, and I do beginning with the end in mind when I set a goal setting workshop because there's, it's what are we looking to achieve? And sometimes that end is a five-year plan. It's a 10-year plan. And everything we do today leads us down that path to where we want to be someday. And when we start taking a look at goals and not just setting them for the year, but we have that document in front of us, we're looking at it. Are we making progress towards those goals? Is it still a priority? And if it is, if we're not on course to hit it, what do we need to do to course correct, right? Do we need to change our actions? Do we need to increase our activities? And maybe we're on pace and we're celebrating the wins that we're on pace to make the annual goal. So pulling them out, taking a look at the whole three to five smart goals, absolutely. And if you have a team with you and your team's goals should be in alignment with the organization's goals, How do we keep them on track and keep them, you know, working towards what we're wanting to achieve? You bet. I think it's so important to call a timeout and actually go and inspect what you expect and get those things kind of reviewed and make sure you write them down. Hey, we're going to take a timeout right here. We're going to go to a quick break and come right back. This is the Leadership Lowdown with Lisa Fisher. We'll be right back.
Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. And we're back with Lisa Fisher right here on Leadership Lowdown. She is a professional speaker, author of uh, great ideas and concepts for us, and some pretty darn good coaching today right here on the Leadership Lowdown. You know, Lisa, as we were talking about this, one of the things that, you know, I can go into a room and have fun and meet a lot of people and do it all, but it doesn't mean that's what I necessarily love to do. And so tell me, we get that thing called networking time, and that's the extra half hour in advance. And there are some people that go, oh, good, I'd love to go meet and talk to people. And then there's others that are going, oh, great. And so tell me, are there any tricks of the trade or concepts that you find are especially effective when you get into that networking opportunity? I found that business is all about relationships, right? It's about building relationships. When you go networking, don't think about sale, 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 and who can I close on? It's who can I create a relationship with? What can I learn about somebody that I can bring value to? And maybe they have something that brings value to me. Ask them great questions. Learn about them. Find out who they are. And they should reciprocate and learn about you as well. But it's all about who can I meet and who can I create possibilities with, whether it is in business or just learning about somebody new. And maybe you know somebody that I need to know or don't know, and we'd be a great fit learning about each other. You know, that's just stunningly good. Because when you think about it, so many times, especially when you got the pressures of the day, you rush into a room and it is sell, sell, sell. No, it's not. It's listen, 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 because it's one of those things in coaching salespeople. It's the old adage, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should be listening and asking good questions. And so really, if you're a great salesperson, all you're doing is helping them find a solution for the problem they have. And so when you go into that room with that mindset, it's completely different. So tell me, if you knew me, you know that food and drink is big in my world. So I'm trying to balance food and drink while I'm talking to somebody and not spitting on them. Are there some techniques that you use when you get into that into the room. I'm going to paint the picture for you. You don't know anybody. You're going to walk into that room. And the first thing I do is head for the food. But maybe you've got a different approach. What's the things that are going through your mind? And how do you take on that room full of strangers? You go inside of that room and you take a look and you find somebody that has a smile and you navigate towards them. And you know, it's really funny. We were taught as kids, don't interrupt. But a lot of times people are already talking in their groups and you just have to politely inject yourself on their conversation (laughs) (laughs) and be part of it. But I do, I look for somebody that's kind or I'll look for somebody sometimes that isn't, that they're standing by themselves. And I'm like, come on, let's go meet somebody. So I kind of bring them in the fold with me to go and learn about them and learn about other people. And if I finally see somebody that looks like they would warm up to us joining their group, we'll do that as well. But I think it becomes about, I'm all about looking for friendly. And a lot of times when we're networking, everybody is friendly. I save the drink and the food for last because 
I'm not that talented. I'd be wearing most of it. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I think it's about checking out the space, looking for somebody that might be friendly, open, inviting, and going and introducing yourself. Because you can go to a networking event and stand by the food table or against a wall by yourself for a while and you're not necessarily seeing who you are and letting somebody learn about you as well as learning about others. Well, that's great advice. And of course, it's a good way to move forward, you know, and that is part of what, if you think about all the great things that have probably happened in all of our lives, it comes down to the people that we meet and the people that we discover along the way and how we interact with them. And so getting into those kind of opportunities is always a powerful and great opportunity to move forward and go there. Now, when we talk about some of the things that you do and get involved with, there's a lot of times you're working with companies and organizations. What are some of the challenges that you find these companies have when you meet with those with that leadership or they call you and you get called into their organizations? What are some of the questions that they are looking for you to help in typically? Team building right now, um, really building cohesive teams. How do we get the different generations working together, navigating towards, again, those goals? I get a lot of conflict resolution. How do we manage our conflict? Looking organizations looking for efficiencies, retention ideas, motivation. There are so many topics right now that it's really interesting. Earlier on in the show, you mentioned my way or the highway, right? A lot of leadership styles in the past used to be the whole because I said so. And now we're in more of a collaboration and nurturing and feelings and some of these things that maybe some of us weren't groomed with. So how do we engage people and get them to want to stick around and be part of the team and perform in production? How do we increase productivity, engage talent, retain them, and move forward? Well, and that's really something that that's kind of an interesting thing because there's so many of those issues and part of it is making priorities and making sure that you've got a specific pathway and a plan. And of course, you're helping us make plans right here today on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. And we're back for our final segment right here with Lisa Fisher. I'm so sad it's coming to an end, but we've got a few minutes left, Lisa, and I'm so glad you're here on the Leadership Lowdown. Lisa, when you go into organizations, first of all, you get called in for a lot of different things. In the last segment, you rattled off a number of different areas that you're an expert on and can help people work through and think through. When organizations are looking for you, where are they going to go? How are they going to find you for starters? Absolutely. I have a website that is coachlisafisher.com. I'm on Facebook with Lisa Fisher Associates, and you can also reach out by phone and get a hold of me that way as well. And to help us with how Fisher is spelled, because that can be tricky sometimes. Mm, Absolutely. F-I-S-H-E-R. Very good. Okay. And so, Lisa, when I think about 
getting brought in. You know, I've been blessed to do a few different speeches and workshops and different things along the way. Every once in a while, I got that person that's sitting there with their arms folded and a scowl on their face, and definitely they are there at the mandatory training meeting. And so (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, oh, great, how do I break into and get this person to open up and to be a part of that? Have you ever run into some of those difficult, I'm going to say audiences, where maybe somebody that's come in and this isn't exactly where they wanted to be? Absolutely. I've been invited into some manufacturing settings before. And when we talked about being in a nurturing environment, the my way or the highway style of leadership is out the door. I have sat in a room where I have people with their arms folded. We're talking about basic human needs, personal feelings that people need, feeling appreciated, valued, respected, trusted. And I can tell by the body language that that person is totally uninterested in what I have to say. But then I noticed something. They are wearing military clothing, like a military patch on their sleeve. And so I asked them at break time, I said, oh, did you serve in the military? And he said, yeah. I said, you guys don't talk about feelings in the military, do you? And he's like, no. (laughs) And we get into a big conversation about the value, right, and that disconnect and how it's different in the workforce and bringing a lot of their skills and talents that they learned in the military and how do we implement them. But that's just one of the stories. Many times I've literally gotten feedback forms that say, I thought this was going to be the dumbest thing I've ever attended, but I've learned something from it. But, you know, times are changing and it's helping people to understand and see what paths we need to go down in order to continue to be successful. Well, and it's so interesting because, you know, really it's the old added you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink and sometimes you can give them the greatest opportunity and you just can't seem to break through into that development moment but when you think about some of the things that you do what are the favorite topics that you get called in to do the ones that go oh ah you're in my sweet spot here i go look out now Personal productivity is one of those ones where I can help people really focus on increasing their efficiencies, managing their time, saying maybe no or not yet. If they're in customer service, it's generally not yet. I usually get a lot of very positive feedback about that. Also, when we talk about expectations and boundaries, right, how do we set clear expectations and boundaries and utilize a job description to get engagement. I hear a lot of, you know, well, that's not my job. And so how do we overcome some of those? And that's been some of the big things. Employee motivation is always fun too. Emotional intelligence has been a big one on the docket. A lot of requests, the self-awareness piece predominantly. I get a lot of very positive feedback on that. Well, and that's the whole thing is helping people find their way. And the emotional intelligence, like we started the show sharing an employee that said, yeah, it'd be a lot better if you all weren't here, meaning the customers. And I'm like, wow, there's an emotional intelligence, just lack of understanding. I mean, how would anybody feel if you walked into a church and hey, it'd be a great day here if these pews weren't so filled with people. I mean, all of that doesn't make sense. And so emotional maturity, emotional intelligence are sometimes some of the toughest 
parts to coach along the way. But, you know, there's an old saying that before they care how much you know, they want to know how much you care. And I think probably you being placed in a room full of strangers told by management to coach them up and make them come along, that's got to be probably one of the biggest things you've got to come in is how do I help these folks understand I could be doing a lot of different things, but I'm here because I love people and I want to make a difference. And so that's probably one of the greatest challenges for anybody in your shoes to come through that door and let them know how much you care. Absolutely. And, you know, I read a really great book called Extreme Ownership. And my takeaways from that book, two Navy SEALs wrote the book and they turned them into business practices, right? The things that they needed to become Navy SEALs. And what I really take away from that is everybody needs to know what the mission is, right? They need to be clear on the vision of the company and the mission and where they're going. They need to understand their role in the mission and the why behind it. And then at that point, they'll be able to take extreme ownership. So Mm. we have to not only help but have a clear vision and cast that vision, we also need to understand their why behind what they do every day. What gets you up to plant your feet on the ground and go in and do the role, the job, the career that you do and utilize that to appeal to their desire to do better and do more and wow. to be successful. Great stuff, Lisa. You're really helping us understand our mission and bringing clarity to our world today. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been great. Really appreciate your time, Lisa. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I am very passionate about helping people and serving in our community, and I'm so glad to be able to focus on the great state I was born and raised in and give back. Love it. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Lisa Fisher. Thanks so much for joining us right here on the Michigan Business Network and the Leadership Load. And I'm Vic Vershero. Can't wait to talk to you next time.